0: Hey, Scott Graves here, creator of the Shadow of a California. I'm jumping in here to tell you that this show has joined the Apollo Plus program. Apollo Plus is a creator-owned platform where subscribers can help support some cool fiction podcast creators like Talmanir, Bloody FM, Ransom Productions, and me. Apollo Plus shows are ad-free and I've got some pretty cool bonus content. And if that sounds cool, you can join Apollo Plus by downloading the Apollo Podcast app on Android or iOS or by going to ApolloPodcast.com. Again, that's apollopodcast.com, or through the Apollo Podcast app on iOS and Android. Thanks for the support. Welcome to The Shadow Over California. I am your host, Scott Graves, and it is a pleasure to have you here and listening. Now, before we get started, let me fill you in on a couple of things about our podcast. First off, we are a group of nerds who have a passion for improvisational storytelling. Most of us are graduating college with a degree in either film or theater, and we play a weekly game of Call of Cthulhu, and we want to share that with you. What this means is for those of you who don't regularly listen to actual play podcasts or partake in the nerdage that is role-playing games, is that you'll be listening to a story with unique characters as they go through a journey where everything is left to chance. There is no script here. I, as the game master, rule keeper, and general narrator, have at best a rough outline of what I think the players slash cast will do, but most of the time they surprise even me. This means the story is told with all of us standing on our toes, reacting to each other, and generally having a good time, which means we have comedy, drama, as well as we like to throw in some action-adventure and a little bit of Lovecraftian horror in it. I would argue we are possibly the funniest Call of Cthulhu podcast out there just because we aren't playing in the horror genre. Dang it, this is pulp adventure. We have shootouts with gangs, deadly battles, and terrifying monsters and shenanigans of all sorts. Now if you're curious about the Call of Cthulhu rules system, I highly encourage you to go check out the rules from the publisher, Chaosium Inc. You can find a free quick start guide to playing Call of Cthulhu on their website, chaosium.com slash Cthulhu dash That's spelled chaosiu dot com slash Cthulhu dash quick start. That should help explain the rules of the game in detail, but here are the basics. Each character in the game has a set of skills and abilities, each represented by a number between 0 and 100. When something is left to chance where the outcome of the character could either succeed or fail, the player rolls a 100-sided die. If the result on the die is equal to or lower than the corresponding skill value, that is a success. A hard success and extreme success counts when they roll underneath half and a fifth of their skill value, respectively, and implies that they completed their goal quicker and or better than if they normally succeeded. If they roll above their skill, they failed. Now, The first episode, I believe, is true in most podcasts of this kind. It's not the greatest, and rather boring to listen to. It's got some good moments, but it is slow and takes a while to get the ball rolling, and if you can make it through that, and want to go listen to it, go ahead and jump to chapter one. We will get you started there. Otherwise, keep listening, and I'll recap the story up to chapter two, and then you can continue from there. The story begins in Arkham, California in 1924, with five characters, each on their own journey into the investigation. We do have audio recordings of this, I must note, but it was on my phone and terrible audio quality. If you want to listen to it, we will be releasing it at some point in the future. Stay tuned on that. I'll cover the story with two characters, Jonah and Claudia. Jonah Schmidt began his story when he learns his friend Lucy's boyfriend, his friend Lucy's boyfriend, Professor Charles Leader, has died mysteriously and they won't have a funeral yet. He goes to talk to the dean of Miskatonic University. He then gets a job to recover some missing documents known as the Arkham Witch Trial Papers to allow the funeral to legally happen. He's suspicious, but agrees. In his investigation, starting at the Leader home, he meets Beth Fernandez, who surprisingly is also looking for these papers. The two discover that Leader may have been forging and selling historical documents, and continually was paying a guy named Cecil. So they travel to the apartment of Cecil, only to learn from a neighbor that he hasn't been home in weeks and was last seen being led out of his apartment, mumbling and rambling and generally freaking out. She suspects he went crazy and was taken to the Arkham Sanitarium. During this time, Claudia Shane comes from her farmhouse in Wyoming to Arkham, California, to visit her cousin Cecil. She finds his apartment open and destroyed. She finds a bill from the Arkham Sanitarium and goes to check it out. The Arkham Sanitarium gives her access to Cecil, where he is definitely crazy and talking about some creature that came from the walls. She learns also that he was dropped off by a Professor Charles Leader and heads to the university to investigate. There, she speaks with the dean and learns that Charles is dead and in the morgue and is told to speak to the private investigator on the case. She finds Braxton, the private investigator, talking with Marjorie, the doctor performing the autopsy, and the body doesn't look like it died of a heart attack, as reported. Superstitious, they travel to the Hobhouse to see if they can find the witch trial papers that supposedly Charles was researching. They travel to the Hobhouse in the countryside, where they find mostly strange noises, a strange storm. After a quick tiff with the private investigator, Marjorie and Claudia leave to go to the Arkham Sanitarium, though as they leave the house, they're scared by a quick flash of lightning and a brief sighting of a strange bear-like creature. They escape unharmed, where they decide to return to the Arkham Sanitarium to talk to Cecil. Braxton stays behind, and is attacked by the creature they begin to call the Worm Bear Thing. He makes it out alive, and joins the party later, stumbling upon them by luck. Jonah, Claudia, Marjorie, and Beth all meet coincidentally at the sanitarium, and everyone gets a chance to talk to Cecil. They are unable to get any new information out of him, however, so with now all of their information pooled together, they go and meet the next most common name on the forgery ledger, Abner Wick. Here, Braxton rejoins the narrative as they find Abner Wick's pawn shop, and after talking to the gentleman, learn that Wick is after these papers as well, and that a student by the name of Anthony Flinders is in the bidding war for the papers too. The party successfully intimidates Flinders into revealing he has the papers, and then retrieve the papers from him. The party gets to investigating the witch trial papers themselves to figure out what really went wrong. In investigating the papers, they come to realize that the Dean and Wick both want the papers and become suspicious of why they want papers containing the ability to summon a mysterious worm bear creature. So they decide to go speak to Wick to learn more about these said witch trial papers and potentially the worm bear thing, as he seems the most knowledgeable on the subject. However, Beth does not like this idea, so Beth decides that she is going to give the Dean, Bryce Fallon, a call and let him know what the party is up to. But she is still suspicious so she decides to go to the store in disguise and listen in on the dean's conversation with the rest of the party here the dean reveals that he needs the papers asap and then leaves stating that the party must return the papers to him by tonight or he will get the police involved beth reveals herself and the party is convinced they must go after bryce to see what he ultimately wants with these papers mostly because jonah was threatened Jonah and Braxton arrive first and quickly handcuff the Dean to a radiator in an empty classroom. Right off the bat, Jonah hits the Dean with his guitar, only for the Dean to turn around and cast a spell on Jonah, withering his right arm. The Dean then escapes and takes Braxton's gun, running away. Claudia and Marjorie and Beth arrive at this time to help with the chase. The Dean shoots Claudia, bringing her to death's door. Marjorie drops out of the chase to try and heal Claudia, but to no avail, and Claudia dies in her arms. Meanwhile, the chase is still happening as they careen across the campus of Miss Katonic University. Jonah and Braxton eventually catch the Dean and kill him, beating his head in brutally with Jonah's guitar. They then return to find Claudia dead and realize the need to get off this campus as soon as possible. In the parking lot at their car, Marjorie has an idea and uses the car battery in some jumper cables as a makeshift defibrillator, restarting Claudia's heart. They then head to Lucy's house, where they decide to lay low for some time, filling in Lucy on all of their findings about Charles Leder and the witch trial papers. The gang then splits up. Marjorie and Beth return to the scene of the crime, searching for what the dean knows, and find some old tomes and a book of spells in the dean's office. The rest of the gang returns to Abnerwick's antiquities shop to see if he can fix Jonah's arm. Turns out he can't, but fortunately Marjorie and Beth arrive to deliver the news and help fix Jonah's arm. They strike a deal with Wick, who helps them repair an arm in exchange for the papers. However, before these papers can be given, Marjorie and Beth take the papers and run, disapproving of the sale. Wick places Jonah and Braxton underneath spells of domination, commanding them to go after Beth and Marjorie, along with sending his two henchmen. Through a stroke of luck, Beth and Marjorie escape and make it to safety. Jonah and Braxton realize they've been under the control of Wick and then decide to destroy the papers. They take a week to recover from their wounds and then meet at Beth's, where they destroy the papers in the basement furnace. Six months later, the start of our podcast recording, Jonah gets a telegram from his missing fiancé's father, Lucas Strong, that says his other daughter has been kidnapped and that Jonah should help with the posse to rescue her. Jonah then gathers his friends, first going to Beth, who directs him to her nephew David, who agrees to help, and also happens to be a little bit of a vigilante. Then he gathers Claudia, and not knowing where Braxton is... They go north to Big Bear, where Sheriff Jenkins briefs everyone on the situation. Here is a little bit from the briefing. You know where there's any coffee around here? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's over there on the side. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Is this guy a coffee holic, just like your last guy was an alcoholic? No, he just needs coffee. Okay, he wants it to is, wake can up. I, can we do a? A, it's a, morning, it's a cop. Let him have his cup. Can we do a quick interaction where I'm also getting coffee while <laughs> <laughs> Bill comes up sure. to get coffee? Sure. Don't don't just remember, Nick. This is like 1910, 1920. This 25, is 25. 25? Yeah, this is yeah, donuts this, and coffee, cups. Yeah, this man. is when coffee had crack cocaine in it. <laughs> <laughs> it in golden age. It, 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 thank you. <laughs> thank, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I'm so you. You walk up to get coffee, Jonah's there, and he's found like a big container from somewhere in the police station, and he's filling it all <laughs> up with coffee. <laughs> all right, so I walk up and I just see you taking all the coffee. I put it down do you want some? I like motion the big container to him. Do you want some officer? <laughs> I think I'll take the pot, thank you. I'm just gonna reach over his container and just Pour whatever. There's like a like a little bit left. Yeah, I'm just gonna pour it I'm in. Just, just like whoever finished it has to make the new brew. And I walk <laughs> away. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm just gonna. The secretary comes by and she's like, "Here, let me get that for you." <laughs> she, she takes it from you. Thanks, doll. She's like, "Give me like five minutes." <laughs> All right. Okay, um, cut to the meeting. I'm gonna give him All a, right. an ugly eye real quick, <laughs> and then I'm just gonna. Move on. And think about better things. <laughs> All right. So uh, the guy You'll who's been those pointed things. out as Sheriff Jenkins stands up uh, and goes, "Can I have everyone's attention?" <laughs> the room kind of falls silent. He goes, "All right. As you know, I'm organizing. <laughs> a, I'm organizing a posse. Uh, here's the okay. scoop." Sydney Harris and his gang have kidnapped Grace Strong, the daughter of Lucas Strong, and he gestures over at Lucas. And he's like, I'm sure all of you know him from his work in the area. Um, Harris has demanded a ransom of $10,000 for Grace's return, and a handover was arranged for last night at the end of town. As I'm sure you've all heard, there was gunshots. All seemed to go smoothly until Harris and his men got twitchy and lead started flying. Chaos ensued when both sides started shooting it out after they shot and wounded <laughs> our fellow members officer Tim and officer built the, <laughs> <laughs> the escapees flood like, into the forest, Harris and one <laughs> other member of his gang. We did get one of them, so there is now only two. We believe to be a part of this gang, there may be more. So when you are searching, be careful of that. <laughs> Since it's, it's an audio audible. recording Jason is miming, holding a giant can you do, and drinking you, do, you, do, from you do that sound <laughs> so well without drinking anything. I can't do that. So <laughs> it's the best I got really Continue. good. Continue. <laughs> no, there's a good long pause where all you hear is just... <laughs> 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 and, say, and he kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> makes the eye contact Gets with up back, goes, back to the coffee place. <laughs> <laughs> and I know as he's goes standing up... Goes the long up, way no, through no, the aisle. No, having, as you're starting to stand up, I just grab your arm and say sit, sit down. <laughs> he's, he's just watching you the whole time. He goes... Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> We'll be organizing groups in a second Um if you guys need resources. Uh, I believe Arthur J. Pen- Spence's hardware and gun store on Main Street will be offering uh, probably makes a lot of money. borrows. Uh, you can take out any equipment that you need as long as you return it afterwards or you can buy it. That's how we work in capitalist society. Yeah, um, <laughs> When you meet there, <laughs> we'll be organizing teams of four to you five, so and then we will be spreading out and combing the area. First come, first serve is how we get the groups organized. So we're gonna we'll spread out on large groups. Each will I will be providing a map with your route of combing. I hope you enjoy your time. Please be safe. Uh, I will we'll be meeting at the location of the shootout on first and Hawthorne in exactly 45 minutes so 1040 sorry 11 o'clock be there or B square (laughs) (laughs) how did you know what I was going to say (laughs) all right dismissed if you are going to take part in the posse 11 o'clock first in Hawthorne you'll see my car And from there, the party heads into the forest, assigned to the group led by Detective Bill Somerset. At this point, with him entering the forest, we've caught up to Chapter 2, so the last bit of information I need to give you is that Jonas Schmidt is played by the local comedic, Jason Barajo, Detective Bill Somerset is played by the enigmatic, Doug McAvoy, Claudia Shane is played by the fabulous, Janae Schneider, and David Hudson is played by the amazing, Nick Meyer. I, I am everyone else. And I'll see you in Chapter 2, So We Found a Body.